the Urban Siren Podcast with Diane Ferraro. I am your host. Here we are moving into the second week of February 2021, and we have quite the week. Um, This new moon coming up on the 11th, on that day, we are going to have six planets in Aquarius, and the sun is in Aquarius, Uh, So it's Aquarius season for the Zodiac calendar. But in addition to the sun, we have the moon, we have Mercury, which is retrograde right now. We have Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn, all in Aquarius on this new moon, which is really quite intense because with Aquarius being the sign of, you know, the rebellious, but the forward thinker, the innovator, the one who... um, gosh, just cannot be contained in many ways like Sagittarius, just a real rebel rouser. But Aquarius working for the greater good and community, um, really innovative in spirit, a go-getter, and also, um, you know, has a bit of a reputation for being, um, and this is generalizing, but but being like very... um, mechanical in in its approach so that it doesn't really succumb to emotions um which i think is kind of interesting because you know the swords in the tarot um are very much like the spirit of aquarius in that they don't let emotions get in their way they really help um move things along by not getting caught up in the feelings that can can sidetrack us and 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 confuse us and and get us off track and you know the swords are air and aquarius is an air sign and i think that's really cool just to think about um but as you're moving through this week and coming into the new moon on the 11th you know it just might be a great idea if you feel so inclined to take some time for yourself so that you, if you happen to feel sensitive around these energies that are all coming into play, you know, give yourself a time out, give yourself a break. There's no reason to push it. Um, you know, the moon will then be shifting into um, to Pisces later on in the week. And then we've got the moon moving into, which is really kind of cool, moving into um, Aries on Valentine's Day. So I really find that to be fun because, you know, it's like, go for it. Um, Why not, you know, take a chance, maybe put yourself out there, maybe tell that someone special that you are interested in them if you are feeling so romantically inclined um but why not it's kind of a a fun time to um to to take to take the initiative on that you know why not it's fun and you know what's the worst that can happen i was saying this to somebody on a live um Uh, tarot card reading on Instagram recently and I was like you know they were like well what should I you know kind of interested in a new romantic um, pursuit and kind of wondering where it was going to go and it's like you know what take the initiative Uh, I believe the card that came up in relationship to that was page of swords in that deck it was the princess of 
Wings, which is the Enchanted Love Tarot by Amy Zerner and Monty Farber, a great deck that I love to use. But in any case, you know, why not go have some fun um, safely and, you know, let your let yourself be seen. Um, there's really, you know, there's nothing to lose in that respect, I think, um, because I feel life is short. So why not take advantage of the time that we have and make the most of it, right? Um, what else should we talk about? So when it comes before we dive into the moon card in relation to Pisces, as the sun will be moving into Pisces on Thursday, February 18th, um, let's see. Well, I'm always curious to know how you're doing, you know, and checking in with you. And I don't know if you know, but when you listen to the podcast, you have an opportunity to leave me a question. So if there's a burning question you'd like answered around the tarot, you can go ahead and do that by going to anchor.fm backslash urban dash siren and then backslash again message. And you leave me a voice message and I can play that voice message in an upcoming episode, which is really fun. Um, and I'd love to address your question. So feel free to leave that there. And I think that's it for the planets right now. Um, but the new moon, I would do want to talk about just a little bit about the energy around the new moon. I've covered this in previous podcast episodes, but I always think it's great to talk about, you know, the new moon is a great time for, for beginning to birth things, right? But from the seed place. And interestingly enough, I've been working with plant medicine quite a bit these days. I'm taking an herbal class online and uh, plant um, medicine class and we're learning how to make plant infusions and we're learning how to do long brews where we let the uh, plant sit in water for a long period of time in a concentrated volume and the plant that I'm working with at the moment is burdock and burdock is highly supportive and grounding for the um, nervous system and for the body itself and, you know, burdock is one of those plants where you work with it for a long time, right? So you're in it to win it with burdock. It's slow medicine. And, you know, in a day and age where we feel like we want to bounce around a lot, right? Well, in this case, burdock is inviting us to um, slow down and watch and listen and be mindful of changes that occur um, from a very deep-rooted place. So burdock has a very deep taproot. It goes very deep into the soil. And so that is indicative of how it works with the body. Um, so, the, so for instance, if you have a deep tap taproot on a plant and you're working with that root, then you're working with the deep medicine. You're, deep, you're working with the medicine that pulls things up from a very central and um, uh, intense place within the self. And so that could be long buried emotions. That could be long buried um, causes for discomfort, right? Um, anything in the body that's been there a long time that has like staying powder power so like burdock is you know like many wonderful plant medicines um could be considered sort of um a weed that that doesn't go away or a deep plant that doesn't 
gosh, it takes a lot to just yank it out of the ground. Well, that tenacity and that staying power of burdock really speaks to how it works with, with us. It, it, it is with us. It is present with us. It is committed to us. It's committed to our healing. Now, without trying to put human feelings and emotions into non-human you know, human bodies like plant people, what I mean by that, without projecting, is that plant people, plant medicine, plant beings have their own properties. And we can relate to that, right? We don't need to project our human traits onto them. But as out of respect for the plant or the being, whether it's a, a stone or a tree or a, a plant or a water or any other element, an animal, you know they have their own they have their own sensitivities so we we want to respect that and so when we're working with a plant like burdock we can't expect it to do a fast job it's going to take time so we want to be patient with that so this sort of ties into the medicine of the moon card which i want to focus on now regarding how the moon card relates to the sign of Pisces in the zodiac. So the moon card in the tarot is a card that helps us with deep-seated emotions and it helps us bring to the surface that which has been buried or is in the subconscious. And as those of you who listen to the podcast know that I often work and teach from the Rider Waite, the Smith Rider Waite deck. And so I'm looking at that card in the Smith Rider Waite as I'm recording this episode. And I'm looking at how the, just the placement of, of the images on the card. So we have the bright moon, right? Um, with a face within the moon, with their sort of either looking down or perhaps with eyes closed. It's hard to tell. But I like to think of that as going inside versus the sun card, which comes right after the moon card in the tarot. Eyes wide open, staring straight at you, looking right at you, right? That's the sun. The moon is more internal, so going inside. So looking at the countenance on the moon, the, the closed eyes or the downcast eyes, a somber um, expression, but looks very medita uh, meditative to me. Not necessarily sad or... Um, with consternation, but actually just meditative. And I see that. I see it that way. And then we've got the two pillars, very um, prevalent in the in the tarot deck um, that we work with, the Smith Rider Weight. First, we see that in the High Priestess. And then from the High Priestess, kicking it off those two towers, bam. Um, you've got the two towers in the moon. You've got the two animals, um, land animals, the dog and the wolf, right? So the image of the um, more domesticated version of the animal self and the very wild version of the animal self. You know, dogs by species are 98% DNA of wolf. You know, they, they are, they, they're, you know, 98%, they contain 98% of wolf in them. So, you know, thinking of that, you know, there is quite a bit of wildness, even in the domesticated animal it, by nature in that sense. So, you know, you can't take necessarily the wild out of the animal, 
even if it's nurtured in a certain way to be domesticated. It always has that base instinct. Um, and then we have the, the crayfish, which is coming up from the water. So sort of um, this sense of coming up from the deep, from the depths of, of the emotions. That's where we get that imagery from, is coming up from the, the very deep wells of feeling. And the moon card, you know, um, in the Smith Rider Waite little white booklet, um, you know, it really does talk about the moon card being a very um, intense card that is bringing up a lot of, could be a lot of tumultuousness, could be a lot of um, difficulty, emotional difficulty, and uh, fear, actually. Um, now, while I, I, I feel that it's important to recognize that our emotions can be, can be frightening to us, and that's sometimes why we want to repress our feelings, right? We want to, we don't really want to face that hard stuff sometimes. We want to tamper it down some way, somehow. But in fact, when we let our emotions come to the surface and we recognize them and we work with them and we befriend them and we understand that they're part of us, although they don't define who we are, but they are certainly part of us and have a valid seat at the table, we can really transform that relationship to our subconscious selves and take the fear out of the unknown. Um, you know, the moon is the reflector, right? Versus the star and the sun who, is, who, who flank the moon in, in the deck. So the star is the card before the moon and the sun is the card after the moon. But keeping in mind that, you know, the star is of its own light source. The sun is of its own light source and the moon is the reflector. So we talk also about the ebb and the flow of the tarot. And so this is a really good example of how the star the moon, and then the sun really represent that ebb and flow from the light unto itself to the reflection to the light unto itself again. And that, I think these three cards speak so strongly to that outward, inward, outward expression of the tarot. We come inside, we go outside of ourselves. We come inside, we move outside of ourselves and back. And, and so it spirals and ebbs and flows just like that. And I think these three cards are really, this is a really great example. If you're studying it that way, you can see it so clearly in the symbolism there. So the star, you know, the card of Aquarius, right? So perfect in that we have an opportunity to reference that. The star being the place of healing, the place of coming um, back to oneself after perhaps a difficult time or a traumatic moment or something that has kind of rocked our world and the star is our space to heal and rebuild and nourish ourselves and be one in constellation right so I love the fact that in many ways the star is very autonomous Right? very much like Aquarius, very autonomous, very unto themselves, very innovative, very, um, I see it this way and nobody can tell me otherwise, you know, sort of like individualistic self-assurance that supports the greater good. Um, and so the star can 
really represent that individualistic nature, that solitary self within the frame of a constellation. And, um, you know, being in Aquarius season and being so uh, infused with the energy of Aquarius this week and on the new moon, it's a great time to embody that and to really relate to that and to pick up on that. And you, you know, you may um, want to see where Aquarius is in your natal chart, what house it's in, um, and where it is sitting, so that you can get a sense of perhaps how all of this intense Aquarian energy is going to be um, dancing with you this week. Yeah. So there's wonderful references um, online astro cafe is a great place where you can type in your time of birth and your date of birth so if you know your date uh time especially and location it can give you an accurate reading to your rising sign and your moon sign and so forth and you can just go right ahead that's free so there's some really wonderful resources online if you want to check out where aquarius lies in your chart why not right this is a really fun time i've been playing and learning um, and working with astrology um, for the last few months intensely on an online course with Monty Farber. And it's been so incredible. I mean, what an opportunity to first learn from such a master. And then also, I feel in these these days and times, oh, astrology is not just making a comeback. I mean, it's been around, but so many people are now looking to see and, and learn what is going on, right? With so much uncertainty, what the hell is going on here? Uh, so um, if you feel called, actually that course is still open. I'll go ahead and put the link in my show notes. It's really a wonderful course. So um, yeah, you might want to check out to see where Aquarius is sitting in your chart. And um and also where coming into Pisces, if you are a son, if you're, if you're, uh, if you have son in Pisces, then you are going to be having a birthday in the next several weeks. Happy birthday in advance. And again, you'd like to maybe see where else maybe Pisces is in your chart besides the sun. Maybe you have Pisces rising. Maybe you have, um, your moon in Pisces, maybe you have your Mercury in Pisces, your Venus in Pisces, who knows? But if you go on to astrology or astro cafe, you'll be able to see for yourself. It's really, really fun. I highly encourage it. So, um, yeah, so coming back to the moon card, so just to say that, you know, the moon card has traditionally had a bit of a, um, 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 I don't want to say a bad rap, but an ominous, you know, um, association. And I like to, you know, listen, uh, those of you who know me or have listened to what I'm offering, you know that I'm not a Pollyanna. I don't really <laughs> go for the platitudes. But when it comes to the moon, it's a very um, beautiful opportunity, actually, to to see how it relates to our um, our emotions and to allow our emotions to have a place at the table and not necessarily in the driver's seat of the car, but definitely to have a place at the table. Um, and also that the moon relates to the feminine 
and um, our menstruation or our menses relating to the word month and menses and moon all coming from the same core and how you know especially underneath the banner of patriarchy how the feminine has been gas there's been a lot of gaslighting right and around femininity and even menstruation you know all of this sort of um, uh, misinformation and um, categorizing um, of those who menstruate to be you know overly emotional and then if they're overly emotional then they're not trustworthy right to hold a place of authority or even um, be able to be trusted actually right and so um, you know sort of women being you know shunned and, and sort of scooted off to to other parts of, of the community so that they don't they don't interfere with the daily workings and the daily grind of society when in fact I've seen some interesting takes on that you know seeing women gleefully skipping off to their red tent <laughs> to be like bye Felicia <laughs> see ya I'm out of here I'm off to party with my peeps and um good riddance actually so I kind of like that idea of taking back the uh <laughs> taking back the moon and saying you know <laughs> in a way like reversing you know don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out society as I'm happily skipping off to my own um beautiful solitary sanctuary so what happens when we are just coming back to the moon and being afraid of our emotions what happens when we're afraid of our emotions well in many ways there's a kinship to the nine of swords in that so we've got the nine of swords sort of like a nightmare right and then you've got a little bit of a kinship to the moon right so in the nine of swords we have this idea of like what happens when we're afraid of our thoughts right we go into this place of like <gasps> I can't handle this. I'm so terrified. I can't even really take my eyes, my hands away from my eyes uh, to see what's actually going on. Um, and that is that sort of self-imposed um, isolation in the Nine of Swords. What happens when we're afraid of our thoughts? Very much what happens when we're afraid of our emotions. Um, and what happens when we're afraid of any parts of ourselves? So, you know, you look at the dog and the werewolf, you know, that, ooh, I just said it, but it was a Freudian slip. You look at the dog and the wolf on the moon, but, you know, the tale of the werewolf is, you know, you go from dog to wolf to werewolf, right? Like, that's how bad, and I use that in quotations, that's how bad it can get, right? Werewolf, the monster, the abomination of of the self the the so far gone part of the self that it becomes a monstrosity um, and a detriment to not only ourselves but society right so casting out that intensity and the animalistic parts of our natures and and that's you know the legend of the werewolf right the wolves in their in their natural state got such a bad rap um, because they are so instinctual they are so tribal oriented they are so smart and crafty and 
um, the balance keepers of of the nat of the natural environment. You know, they keep everything in balance, and they're so powerful and so wise, and and they can't be fooled. You know, or you can't fool a wolf. <laughs> it's not happening. Um, it's they see right through you, and they work as a team, and they have their own family, and they have their own system of organization and they hunt together and they hunt at right angles they can pivot on a dime and a 90 degree stop i mean they're just brilliant um creatures and you can't fool a wolf so what happens when you have a creature like that in nature they're so adept they're so competent oh you turn them into a monster <laughs> you know uh as humans would do right our nature to dominate the human nature to dominate, to conquer. And if you can't conquer it, you're going to shun it. You're going to um, demonize it. You're going to make it a terrible, terrible thing. Um, and so uh, well done, well played there. But, you know, in reality, um, the other flip side of the human nature is to not only make something a monster, but also to spiritualize it away so that we don't have to deal with the hard stuff on that end either. So, you know, it's, it's when, we, when we deny those animalistic and base parts of ourselves that are natural and normal and healthy and fine um, from an evolutionary perspective, then, you know, we're, we're, we're dancing with spiritually bypassing as well. Because we, you know, have a tendency to want to spiritualize it away, and and you know, turn the turn the dark into light. When, uh, you know, on the one hand, of course, we don't want to have an imbalance, but the dark has as equal place and a and as a, a rightful place at the table as the light does. It's balance, and um, when we spiritually bypass, that's a that's a prime example of us not feeling comfortable enough in our own embodiment of, of our dualistic nature. We are dualistic in nature. We are walking paradoxes. And we are so uncomfortable with that, that we turn it into the, just the one thing, just the, just the domestic thing, just the spiritually enlightened thing, just that thing that makes us feel in control or, or what, safer or, oh gosh, less susceptible to impulsivity? I don't know, but it happens all the time. So, but the moon empowers us to trust ourselves, to trust our instincts, just like, just so much like the high priestess and her two tower gateway message that we, it's okay to trust yourself. It's okay to listen to your, to your intuition. It's okay. So when the moon comes up, I automatically, I think immediately of the teachings of the high priestess in card number two. Um, technically, physically, card number three, fool zero, magician one, high priestess two. But, you know, card two, the high priestess, trust yourself. You know the answer. You know the answer. And the moon is reflective of this power of our deep-seated emotions to bring out the most basic instinct in ourselves. 
But then again, what's wrong with that either? Yeah, what's wrong with that? Because our instincts and our dream space, right? So coming back to Pisces, the zodiacal sign of dreams and, and that, uh, that watery emotional landscape. And it can get heavy. I get it. It can get heavy. It can get intense. It can get too much. Um, you know, Pisces planetary ruler being Neptune, the god of the ocean. I mean, what a doozy he is. I mean, he's got his his trident and his unpredictable nature, but not only is he unpredictable like the ocean and somewhat, I mean, very intense, um, there's really no controlling the sea. So I think that's what we're afraid of. I think we're so afraid that we're going to be swept away. swept away by our feelings and we can't come back for some reason, right? We get so carried away that we can't come back. We can come back. We can come back. You know, we're not, we're not lost at sea forever when we're in the tides of our emotional states because nothing lasts forever. Even our emotional states don't last forever. So thank you for listening to the first half of the podcast. We're going to take a short break and we will be right back. Hey there, tarot lover. This is Diane from Urban Siren Podcast. And I wanted to let you know that if you're interested in learning the tarot, I do have an online tarot school. It's urbansirenschool.thinkific.com. I'll put the link to that in my show notes. And right now I'm offering a free tarot course on learning the tarot fives in this year of fives, 2021, where you'll learn the four minor arcana five cards, as well as the hierophant the fifth card in the major arcana. It's a great way to get started. It's for all levels, including experts, and it's a really warm and welcoming community. So if you're interested, please do check out the show notes for the direct link where you can just click through or visit me at urbansirenschool.thinkific.com. So welcome back to the second half of the episode, just to talk a little bit more about Pisces and um, since we're moving into the sun in Pisces in just a few days, you know, the hidden strengths of signs like Pisces that are deep and willing to go into the dark places, um, you know, corresponding with the 12th house in astrology, Pisces, um, you know, that is, you know, a house where we look at that which is hidden or below the surface. And this is why I think the tarot and um, astrology are such incredible bedfellows because, you know, they both really work so well together and they help inform one another. So, 
you know, the moon card and say the 12th house in astrology have a lot in common. It's that which is unseen, that which maybe we don't want people to know about ourselves. It's sort of like, uh, you know, it's sort of that feeling of like, we don't want to be exposed. And the moon card speaks a lot to that as well. Sometimes it comes up when we don't want something in our um in ourselves or in our surroundings or what's going on with us, we'd rather keep it private. And there's really actually nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's a really perfectly reasonable feeling, <laughs> obviously, right? We don't have to have everything spilling all over the place, which I think these days is, you know, a little bit overdone, to be honest with you. It's like, you know, everybody knows everything about everybody else because of social media and, you know, it's just a little bit much, you know, we're, we're very overexposed. So I don't think, I, I don't think the tendency or the need to feel like we want to keep that space for ourselves is a problem at all. I don't think it's a problem. So, you know, the 12th house also in astrology is, you know, the house, it can be also known as like the house of self undoing and soul growth. Um, it helps, um, it helps us get in touch with our hidden strengths for sure and our weaknesses as well. And it has to do with private affairs. It has to do with things that we've lost, you know, things that we've misplaced. Um, and in some of the bigger institutions like hospitals and prisons and, and also spiritual studies. And, you know, the downside of that intensity of that wanting to go inside is that we are sometimes prone to addictions or or self-destruction or self-deception or deception of others even or even guilt or something that's where you know there's like trickery involved and those things are the downside of being so inside the emotional landscape because sometimes it's just too much to handle right and that's fair um, so we want to be able to have a toolbox in place where we can, we can balance that out. We can process that out, right? We don't have to live in that, in that space where we feel like we're unreachable to ourselves, right? So those who do have Pisces in strong placements in their chart, they may be susceptible to, you know, disillusionment or, um, there might be confusion around what is really true, what is really happening. And, you know, I wonder if that has, you know, anything to do with a tendency to um, fall prey or be susceptible to conspiracy theories. I'm just putting that out there. I don't know for sure, but it's something that comes to my mind. And of course, conspiracy th theories have been running rampant lately. But, you know, if you have that ill-placed trust or that inability to be able to know or feel truly what is safe, then at the one, you know, on the one hand, nothing feels safe. And so um, we might cling to the things that give us some sort of answer, even though the answer may not be accurate. At least it's something to hold on to because things can be very confusing and difficult. So that's a thought um, that's been going through my mind lately is that, you know, why are all these conspiracy theories running so rampant? Um, I feel it has a lot to do with the fact that people just don't know which way to turn. And there is a lot of mistrust and there is a lot of distrust. 
And again, that's fair. You know, everything is fair, but we do want to make sure that we, um, when it comes to our feelings, everything is fair. But what's of course dangerous is when we place our trust in, um, in individuals or in institutions or in groups. Um, and I'll say, you know, QAnon being one of those institutions really, um, that, have no standing, no, no solid ground whatsoever and, and very dangerous, um, attitudes towards well-being and society. And it's a real rabbit hole. Yeah. So that rabbit hole theory is what I'm getting at when it comes to Pisces season. Um, and the sign of Pisces is being able to fall into this rabbit hole. And again, the moon card in the tarot can speak very succinctly to that, that fear of going down a rabbit hole and not being able to come back up again, right? And again, that's totally fair. That's totally fair to have that fear. But we don't want it to let it take over, right? We don't want it to completely run us, run us over. Yeah. So what's around the corner from that feeling of, you know, feeling lost, feeling disconnected, feeling disjointed, feeling terrified, um, feeling like there's no footing underneath um, and that there is a road. There is a road in the moon card. But where is that road going? Well, it's leading toward the moon and it's leading toward the mountains and it's leading back to the water. So there is that connectivity there. There is a path, but it's just a matter of feeling like we have the wherewithal and the insight and the ability to see the path right through the reflection of the moon and that we can trust where it's going. We can trust where it's going. We don't need to know exactly what's happening around the corner every single time. And I think what happens when folks, you know, grab onto conspiracy theories like QAnon and so forth is that they just want to know where this is going. And QAnon did that. It told everyone where it was going, except that was a huge, tremendous uh, inaccuracy. And, you know, then now we've got, there's a lot of people out there who are feeling super lost and, and worse than they did before, right? Because the ground really went out from under them, right? There was no great awakening. There was no, um, come to Jesus on the day of the inauguration, it, it just all fell apart, right? Um, so because it was never true, it was never based on anything solid. So here's the thing, right? So what happens when you come out of that traumatic space, right? Well, you're moving toward the sun. I mean, in, 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 as the tarot shows, we're moving back to the sun again. So, so nothing lasts forever, that feeling of terror, that feeling of um, disconnect, that feeling of disillusionment. But it doesn't just happen by itself. I mean, it will. I mean, there will be a turn. But but it's not that we have nothing to do with coming out of that dark space, right? So we have a hand in our own wellness. We have a hand in our own well-being and our own mental health. And, and when we're in the space of the moon, when we're in the space of Pisces, where things are looking... Um, completely um, 
like we can't see past the fog, then it's it's time to have a toolbox and be able to put to to work with those tools. So you know that's what the star previously to the moon is advising. You know, find your healing space, find your place where you can heal and where you can recover and where you can build a toolbox. Whether that's talk therapy, whether that is um, uh, um, twelve step program. Uh, codependency anonymous whether that is any kind of uh, work that you do you work you work toward that healing right it doesn't necessarily i believe in miracles but i wouldn't leave fate to miracles in that sense i would say take a hand and an investment in your own well-being in your own healing and that's where the star is coming in right? The star is saying, yes, take your time, but do the work. You know, the image in the star is at work. It's not sitting reclined. It's, it's, it's using the motivational force of, of water and emotion and activity and engagement. The star is engaged. It's highly engaged. It's in a space of solitary healing within the constellation, but it's engaged, it's doing, it's moving, it's pouring, it's feeling through. And that's the, that's it, right? It's about moving ourselves through that space of trauma. And sometimes we need a serious helping hand. So the moon and trauma recovery, very akin to one another, moving into the space of the sun. And the sun is not necessarily everything's coming up uh, roses and daffodils, right? It's more that we are seen, we are engaged fully, we are active, we are proactive, we are in the space of action. And that is the sun. Yes, it's a time for celebration and it indicates that there is a revelation. But with that revelation comes truth and knowing. And that is not always easy either. Right? Truth and knowing and revelation is not always easy either. So, you know, of course, I'm a double Capricorn. I suck at being, you know, optimistic in that sense. But here's the thing. I truly believe in the power to heal. And I truly believe in the power to change. But it has to come from within. It is nothing that can come from outside of ourselves. The power and the desire and the ability to change and heal and grow comes from within ourselves. It is not imposed. There is no magic bullet or supplement program or retreat or anything, mantra, that unless you put your whole heart into it and you commit and you engage and you do the work. Now, the work does not have to be like a bull in a china shop, but it still has to be effort. So the effort must be there, right? You can hold on to rose quartz until the cows come home. But that heart healing and that love and that self-acceptance, that will only manifest that will only actually take place when we do the hard work of uncovering the things that we have repressed within ourselves and let them be seen and accepted by ourselves because then we have the strength to walk out into the world into the energy of the sun and if someone doesn't accept it, accept us and if someone doesn't embrace us and someone doesn't value us then that's okay. We're not going to fall apart, right? 
we're not going to fall apart because, because we have that inner resolve. We have that inner strength. We have self-reliance. And that's the key. Right? It's not putting our faith in anything else outside of ourselves that has greater power than us. We might align ourselves with things that are powerful and changing and help us evolve and help us grow, but they're not bigger or better than us. They support us, right? But, and I also feel that we are working with powers that are greater than ourselves in terms of the greater fabric of this universe, so we don't want to be moving through that in a way of hubris because then we're working in the realm of like the self-appointed guru and that, as we all know, is a complete and utter shit show. But we want to be able to work with trustworthy sources like qualified talk therapists, like qualified um, people who work in the realm of spiritual advisor, right? I'm not necessarily saying a spiritual teacher. I'm saying somebody who has dedicated their life to the principle of elevation through spirituality. And that could be someone who is trustworthy as well to help us guide be work through our our difficult emotions but again they need to be vetted sources not just because they have over a hundred thousand followers on instagram that's not necessarily a vetted source that's just someone who's found a way to be a popular influencer but popularity doesn't mean trustworthiness Right? So we want to do our homework. We want to see for ourselves. I just caution against following um, the advice of people who are out there. And just because they have a flawless presentation, it doesn't mean that it holds water. It just means that it's well-received. And we want to be careful around that. Right? We don't want to go into a space where we're not, our best interests are not being taken into account. It's dangerous. And that's what we've seen happen with wellness influencers and QAnon. And it's been a real disaster. And people are suffering. And there's no accountability. No one's stepping up to say, I made a mistake that I know of or that I see. It's like, oops, I'm going on a, you know, a 10-day water fast. And that's as good as it gets. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but... You just took us down a rabbit hole for the last six months to a year. And when the, when the shit hits the fan, you're checking out. It's so, so irresponsible. So I just want to put that out there, right? Take it or leave it. And I'm super sorry if I'm offending anybody slash not that sorry because I care about you. Um, but don't take my word for it. You know, do your own research. Feel it through on your own. Thank you so much for being part of this episode. I really wanted to come on here and share these thoughts because I feel very strongly about that, about the importance of self-care and um, from a really authentic place. And until next time, do take care of yourselves. And I'll see you again on the Urban Siren Podcast, I hope. Lots of love to you. Bye for now.
Hi there, friend. Thank you so much for being a part of the Urban Siren Podcast community. Just a reminder that I do answer questions for the Tarot. Um, You can leave me a voicemail message right here on Anchor FM for a chance for your question to be played on an upcoming episode. And you would just go to anchor.fm backslash urban dash siren backslash message. Leave me a message and I'll be happy to address it on an upcoming episode and maybe even play your voice on an upcoming episode. Another way to support this podcast is by sharing it up with your friends and family and also leaving a five-star review if you love it on your favorite podcast platform. That could be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the platforms. Thank you so much for being here.